Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original. 1037 WEI. Good morning. Welcome back. Second and final hour of Meter and the Coast. Jam-packed in the first hour as always. Tim Welsh, John Mita Perel, Joe Passarelli behind the glass. Great to have you with us. And last year, about this time, we spoke to Josh Pastner about many things, all things college basketball. We asked him, hey, you know, if the coaching thing doesn't work out, you'd be a great broadcaster. And sure enough, you know what? He's working for ESPN. He's doing a terrific job. Josh, great to have you with us. Good morning to you. How are you? Yep, thanks for having me. And uh was actually at a game last night or yesterday afternoon, should I say, um doing um for ACC network with uh Boston College at NC State. So I was at that game. So I've been busy because I've been able to very fortunate to be able to work for a bunch of different networks and uh, it's been fun. I've really thoroughly, thoroughly have enjoyed it. And as Coach Welsh knows, <clears throat> when the game when the game's over, your biggest stressor um is where you're going to dinner so uh, uh i've I've enjoyed that change of pace of it when it's all said and done yeah no that's you could certainly tell josh i love the what you did yesterday on the uh, bc game at nc state we'll get into that in a minute but we just heard from steve forbes we just played a soundbite from earlier in the week with mark backer on accpm about the quote lack of respect from joe lenardi in regards to the acc and you know bracketology and Forbes going off on that. Lenardi should stay in his lane. What do you make of all the bracketologists? And did you have an issue at your stops with at Georgia Tech and Memphis, et cetera? Do you think uh, a lot of them don't know what they're talking about, or or what's what's the Josh Pastner book on that? Well, here's what I would say. I mean, look, I I can understand uh, Coach Coach Forbes' frustration. I mean, for you know, I mean, they've been knocking on the door a couple of years ago. They were right there. Last year, Clemson finishes fourth in the ACC, has 14 ACC wins and doesn't get in. Uh, I mean, I understand. And part of that is the frustration of the ACC being looked at as maybe only getting four teams in, possibly five. I've always said that, and I I used to say this when I was in the league meetings there at the ACC, that um, um, since we've gone to 20 games, uh, you know, we haven't got as many teams in the tournament. So because of the financial situation, we're not going backwards to less games in conference play. I said, there, 20 is not working. So why aren't we playing more conference games? Take out less non-conference because what's hurting us is obviously the non-conference part of schedule. And so we've got to have a solution because if we're going to say we're the best uh, league in the country, the ACC, we have to get at least half of your teams in the NC2A tournament. 
And, and in those last few years, that's been what the Big Ten's done or the Big 12 or the SEC. And, and obviously the success that the ACC has had in the NCAA tournament and postseason has been speaks for itself. That being said, you're not getting enough teams in. It's, you know, and that was my thing when I was there. I, so I said, how do we get more in since we're not going backwards from 20 games to 18 or 16? Is there a way that we can do more? And does that give us a better shot to do it? And so, look, I, I think for the bracket, for whether it's Joe Lenardi or, or anybody else or Jerry Palm, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a list of, of, the, of people that, that do that. And it's, and it's creates tremendous fan interest obviously for people to to be interested in 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 what's happening because once the super bowl's done once all-star weekend is done with the nba you really look at it all attention is put to college basketball and 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 what creates so much talk and and enthusiasm a lot of times is the bubble if that makes sense and so um uh in the end the committee the people on the committee uh, are supposed to you know, be very, um, you know, looking at the metrics and, and being objective and having zero bias, not worrying about what anyone says. So I get it. I mean, I can understand because I was, when I, when I was sitting in that chair, I was frustrated at times too. And actually I told Joe Lenardi that, that there was many times when he had us on the bubble and he caused me many sleepless nights and, 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 and a lot of frustration. But, but that being said, um, um, in the end, I think for the, for for the ACC, how's the solution to get more teams teams in? Because they still have a lot of good teams, and the and the success rate of what the teams have done in the tournament once they've gotten into the field has has spoken for itself. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. what twenty one and ten. The last I think three years is the combined record. That's number one in the country for ACC clubs. Uh, Josh, when you were in that position, did you? at Georgia Tech and Memphis as a head coach. Did you politic? Did you call Joe Lenardi? Did you uh, – we've heard that in the past. Tim's mentioned it. Many coaches burn up his phone line. Did you Did you do that? Yeah. I mean, look, in the end, I um, I mean, I, I would – your politic and always – the best politic you can do is win games and the teams that you're competing against hope they lose, you know, the ones that are – that were uh, – you're competing for those spots. But winning solves everything. Uh, but more than that, you're really politicking for people within your league and or as in terms of like the basketball component person to speak to the committee. Because what happens is in the NC2A tournament, there's two people assigned to each league. There's a primary and a secondary. So, for example, um, um, you know, so there's 10 people on the committee, let's say – you know, there's there's uh, person A is responsible as a primary for the ACC, and person B is a secondary person for the ACC. I'm just using that as an example. Well, so A and B are constantly getting uh, communication from the ACC office, and 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 they're supposed those two people are supposed to be watching the league as and literally every game. That's what they're supposed to be doing as as much as they can. Now, again you have an issue is these, a lot of times the people on the committee are athletic directors and they have a big responsibility of their own running their, their own school program that has sometimes 18, 19, 20 sports, and they have responsibilities with them too. So, you know, you're constantly getting information 
to them. Obviously, if you if coaches know the ads or the people on the committee, you know if they're friends with them, they'll they'll reach out to them as well too and try to politic. But in the yeah. end, a lot of it comes down to uh, to metrics uh, because. You know they really rely on the 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 net ranking sheets because so much of it is is taking into efficiency on offensive and defensively, and not everyone in that room is obviously a basketball coach, and so or have maybe they, that that wasn't their main sport, and so they're they have to rely on numbers and metrics, and so. That's where a lot of the things you come back to is is quad one, quad two, you know, road wins, non-conference strength of schedule because they really look at that as something that you can control, and um, so you can politic, but a lot of it comes down just to metrics. So the, 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 they're feeding them constant information in support of of the certain teams, but everyone's doing that, and it really comes down to the eye of the beholder. And when I say that. I mean, you know, maybe the, per, the, the, as I mentioned earlier, person A thinks, well, the person, the, the, the team that has the most quad one wins on the road, to me, it should be in. And if it's a tie between team, you know, A and team, you know, uh, L and M and N, you know, then we're going to take the team that has the better, uh, more quad one road wins. And maybe the, the, the person on the committee who's, whose person B says, well, I really look at who's played a stronger non-conference strength. That's more important to me. So that's what it's going to come down to. So there's, it's everyone on the eye of the beholder. There's multiple people in there and they really try to rely on, on, on what you've done, you know, with, with that, with that net rankings, because they put a lot of stuff, stuff into it. They make some great points, Josh, and good morning. Great to talk to you. You are doing a great job on TV, and uh, Alice knew you would, but you, you still got a lot left in the tank to coach, so we'll we'll watch that very closely. I think uh, one of these programs could use a Josh Pastor, but that that's for another day. Uh, but Mike Trangese, the great longtime Big East commissioner, used to give us advice on this because he was the chairman of the committee at one point. He was on the committee for many years, and of course, we had access to Dan Gavitt and, of course, going way back to Dave Gavitt. So he would constantly be telling the coaches in the Big East, you know, here's what you got to do. You know, he, you got to schedule properly in the, in, the, in the non-conference. And obviously, in those days, we weren't playing 20 games. So that, is, that becomes tricky. Uh, and, you know, you, the athletic directors have to hire high-level coaches. And when I do the Big 12 every week uh, and, and I see Bill Self, and uh, Scott Drew and Kelvin Sampson and uh, Jamie Dixon and Porter Moser, you know, and, and on and on, Jerome Tang and, you know, up, in, up until this year, Bob Huggins at, at West Virginia and Mike Boynton's done a nice job at Oklahoma State. I mean, you go on and on and on. And that's the thing. I think that the, the bottom of the ACC, some of these schools have made poor decisions, you know, Louisville. You know, the bottom is very weak, and I think that's what brought the league down. The top teams are very good, but the bottom is, is really down. And when the coaches start saying, well, we need more respect, I don't buy it because those teams aren't as good as the bottom teams in the Big 12, like like a Cincinnati or even a BYU. Some of those teams, those teams are very, very good, and the bottom of the ACC has, has been lacking. I just want Give me your opinion on that. 
No, you're 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 one hundred percent correct, Coach. There's no there's no denying that. I, I don't think that's even a, a a debate on that. And and um and and to the point of um you know how do you get more teams in and that and and that was always in the discussion because and I and I and again the the winning matters in the non-conference who you schedule obviously all those things matter if you don't win in the non-conference it it really sets the tone for what you're going to do within conference play because you start building those metrics uh the narrative um so coach you you are spot on 100% not even a question on that and my whole thinking was when i was in the league was well, what's the solution and I and, and and I would always say and I would get a lot of pushback because I was saying why aren't we playing more conference games? Because if you're playing, it, we're not you know and you know this coach because of financially they're not going backwards, so you can't you're not going to play less conference games just because of the finances and and the TV contracts. So I said why don't we play more? For example, would 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 the ACC network rather watch two ACC? teams play than an ACC team and a, and, and, and a team that you're buying, um, would, would they, would the ACC network rather see Boston college versus you know, Clemson, you know, an, an extra time than saying Boston college versus Maine, nothing against Maine. It's just the reality of, 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 you know, the, the TV and the viewership. But I was saying, would that eliminate any possibility of the problems of, okay, if we're not having a strong in a non-conference, you know, because the simplicity of just winning, as you know, coach, I mean, if teams aren't winning in those non-conference games, then, then you, then you set that tone and that becomes a problem once you get in the league and it's hard to get out of it. And so you are a hundred percent, right. The difference between the big 12 and even with the SEC, but, but with the ACC, the PAC 12, it's the difference between it's not the top tier. It's the, it's the, it's the rest of the, the teams. And that becomes an issue um, on, on, on that. And you cover the league, the big 12. I mean, and literally they could get every team. In. I mean, heck central Florida is not an easy out. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, that's a, they're winning, they're beating teams at their home. And I mean, they're becoming really tough to, to beat. And yeah. so I think you're, you're, you're spot on. And I, the only and that's where I was doing more solution based when I was in that league about doing more games. But until until the numbers start getting higher, that's going to be the issue year in year out. And what will be interesting will be to see if in the future, if the SEC and I think because the two most powerful conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten, and you see it right now, they're talking about expansion of the tournament. I don't know what that will eventually get to. If they, I know that's been in discussion because. Because of these power leagues, and and continue to add all these teams, including the ACCs, going to 18 next year. And I'm telling you, if you don't, and I've said this, the teams that because in the ACC, the Big Ten teams that only, they're only taking 15 of the 18 teams to their conference tournament. And unless you're in your first year as the coach, if you're in year two or beyond, and you don't get to that conference tournament. You're you're out. You're fired. It's over. And so I said that's not good. And from a coach's perspective, it's bad for coaches not even making the conference tournament. So it will be interesting as these leagues continue to add members. Will they start saying, "Hey, we need to get more teams from the power level into the tournament"? 
Because if you saw just with the NIT this year, the NCAA changed the NIT requirements. No longer, if you win your regular season championship but don't get the automatic qualifier, are you guaranteed to make the the NIT field anymore? So things are changing. So that's going to be interesting uh, on the dynamic to watch over these next couple years as things are moving. Yeah, you make some great points, Josh. And uh, let's let's turn our tables. I know you're ACC centric, but uh, I know you watch everything and you do a great job on the on the in the studio as well. So you're paying attention to every league. So let's turn to our fans here, our listeners, and and talk a little Big East. Uh, what have you seen uh, from the Big East? Let's first start with Connecticut, of course, but uh, from Providence. I don't know how closely you've watched them. I mean, they've got two yeah. superstar players, and Devin Carter and. Joshua Duro, I mean, what is your take on Kim English and what he's done in year one? Yeah, no, I've watched him closely. A couple things. Number one, back to UConn real quick. I think UConn has the best chance to repeat as national champions uh, in the last decade of a team that's won the championship the year before. I think over the last 10 years, this team is the, 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 most, the, the, the best suited and most ready uh, and most, you know, uh, just – Talent, coaching, style of play, um, depth, uh, guard play, front court, to, to, to be able to repeat. And, and, and you guys know this, Coach. You know, it's, 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 it's hard enough to win a national title, it's almost, I mean, which is almost impossible to do, and it's almost impossible to go back-to-back. But over the last 10 years, UConn has the best chance to win back-to-back championships. Regarding uh, Providence, I think it's been a tremendous job what Kim English has done, considering the fact they lost the kid Hopkins, who's an outstanding player. I mean, I don't know exactly what you guys probably know better than I do. What part of the year was it about over a month ago? Did they lose him? Am I, if I'm not mistaken, but yes, uh, is it right about the month, maybe six weeks, six weeks to a month ago, they've lost him. Who's and Hopkins could flat out play. So for and and they look when they when they, and when he got injured when he was out it looked like there was a little stretch there where they were going to you know falter and kind of slide and go the wrong direction but they've had some great wins I think Carter is is as good of a perimeter player as there is in college basketball now look there's some things he might have a little holes in but but he, he flat out competes he defends. He's put them on their back on multiple games. I'm a humongous fan of his. And I think Providence is, I mean, they're going to be right there. Obviously, it's going to come down to these next few weeks, what happens in the conference tournament. But, and that Big East tournament, by the way, in Madison Square Garden is going to be incredible. I mean, if you're up in the Northeast there, I mean, to have a shot to go to that thing, that's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, those teams are going to be fighting with each other. That's going to be an incredible conference tournament. But I really like Providence, and when you have a player like Carter, I mean, they can be a tough out, you know, uh, when you get to March. Josh Pastner from the ESPN Family of Networks is our guest. Josh, as uh, you look at the maybe some outliers coming uh, as we approach Selection Sunday in three weeks, everybody seems to like UConn, Purdue, Arizona, Houston. Is it going to be chalk, or is there an outlier you say that, uh, is going to make some noise. Who's the who's the outlier this year? Well, I, I, I you know, this is from my standpoint. I think two teams are I, – I think UConn and Purdue are going to be locks to get to the Final Four. UConn, 
you know, they're in the, you know, they're going to end up playing in, in their neck of the woods for the first basically four games. And is, and yeah. as you guys know, they travel as well as anybody. So it's going to be four home court, four home games basically for them. So they're getting to Glendale. Purdue's first two games will be in Indianapolis, which will be a home game for them. And then they're going up to Detroit, which I think will be two more home games. I think they're a lock to get to, to Glendale, Arizona. I, I think Arizona's good. Uh, I think they're really good. I think they're them, Houston, you know, there's some different teams. But I'm telling you, a team that's a sleeper team, and, and Coach has seen them covering the Big 12 even more than I have, but I love them. I think they can they can create damage. I think they can be a really tough out, and they're going to beat a, a top seed. I think Iowa State's a sleeper team just the way they play. I don't know how Coach Welsh feels on that, but I really like them just, I think, I think they can create some issues in a quick turnaround in the NCAA tournament. They might not have just a, you know, an, an, an individual star like a Devin Carter or a Tristan Newton from UConn or you know Devin Carter from Providence, but they play tough. They're hard nosed. Like if they if they're playing like a Duke in the Sweet 16 or an Arizona in the Sweet 16, like I, I wouldn't, I would pick out Iowa State. You know, so I think that's a team that's not every that's that's obviously really good, that maybe is not getting all the exact attention that everybody gets that could also make a run as well, too. And I just think the big 12 is such that um, uh, it's such a, it's such a good league. And I, I love Houston. However, the only thing is, is they're, they're not real big inside. They do. I do think they have sometimes struggling to score inside, but they are so good. Could they, could they play against a team that could, give them any issues there. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I love, I love everything about Houston, but I would probably defer that to coach, especially with Iowa state. No, I agree. Buying Iowa Iowa state. State. I am buying them, you know, defenses, Josh knows travels and that's what Iowa state has. That's what Houston has. So, you know, Iowa state, uh, they run at you too. They run at you hard. They can play, they can play a lot of different styles, but it starts with their defense. And I just think, I just think coming out of that league, you know, I'm, look, you're, you're going to be ready. And, I, and what happens is it, it reminds me last year of Duke. In the round of 32, they're playing Tennessee. And Tennessee, just their physicality, just kicked Duke's butt. And, and that's what happens. So I think teams like that, like the Tennessees who play with that physicality, the Iowa State, I think teams like that will give teams that are maybe – in the top 10, like a possibly a, like a Duke or even a Carolina, you know, an Arizona that you're all of a sudden you're playing them in the round of 32 or the sweet 16, you know, whatever that situation may be. And they get knocked out. And it's just because you just haven't seen that it's a different deal. And, and, you know, in a quick turnaround, it's hard to prepare for something like that, especially when you haven't seen that night in night out in the league every time you're playing in, in like, like you do in the big 12 or maybe even you do in the SEC or, you know, in the big East, et cetera. Going to make for one heck of a tournament, Josh. That's for sure. We can't wait to uh, get it started. Hopefully we'll have you on come uh, March Madness. Would that be all right? Absolutely. We'd love to do it. Love talking hoops. It's a great time of the year. I think there's a lot, you know, there's going to be a lot of excitement and um, I think the conference tournaments are going to be outstanding. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, it, it's, College sports is changing literally by the day. I mean, you look at the other day, the the the, the ruling by the by the, the the judge saying that you could have literally your booster go go 
uh, create a deal with a, a prospect. I mean, directly, and it's not against rules. And like I said earlier, like the power conferences, I mean, you never know. You wake up the next morning and a conference could disband. I mean, look at the Pac-12. I mean, there's no longer going to exist. I, you know, I think there's the one thing that makes the college sports is the NCAA tournament, but I do think there's a lot of change happening. And, and so not only is the tournament going to be exciting, but there's going to be a lot of movement with college athletics over these next few years. That's going to really be a real interesting dynamic to see where everything kind of lands and falls as we see the kind of the big picture. It's a whole new world, the wild West, Josh Pastor, Thanks so much. Thanks for waking up with us. And uh, we appreciate it. We look forward to having you on soon. Yes, sir. Thanks guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Thanks, Josh. Josh Pastner, former coach at Georgia Tech in Memphis, now with ESPN. We're late for a break. Joe Passarelli, you're up next on Meter and the Coach. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.